I have a son. I'm a proud mother of a son. He is 24 years old, so I may be dating myself um, <laughs> or dating this recording. Uh, but I hope that the information within is timeless. And I love being the mother of a son. I love it. Um, and every time I think about him, my man son, like I said, I, I call him my man son, um, I smile. And uh, I'm so, and I don't know if the word is pride because it's hard to say pride because I don't want to claim an entire human being. But I, I have to say he's my own. He's my son. And um, his baby spirit chose, chose me for a mother. That's what I say to all my children. And I think he actually started that notion. He chose me. And um, how, how uh, so I, I think about, I'm thinking a lot uh, these past years, especially since I would say my son was, I don't know, 13 years old really thinking deeply about his passage from being a boy into a youth, into a man, and how that transition or those, um, that evolution or that movement into a full expression of himself, um, the changes that happen, how those can be guided and must be guided by people who he can look up to who um, thinks he can strive for or discover about himself. And those things, as we know, in our society or in our tribes, in our communities, in our families, they take some kind of guidance, support, direction, not forcing, just allowing and, you know, a guiding into the, this, the way that goes toward more self-expression, more self-exploration, and um, a deepening of each of those kids, each of their knowledge and understanding about themselves and, and their true capability. So I've thought about that a lot, and I've tried to give my son opportunity to ex have those experiences as he moved toward manhood. And um, this podcast that you're about to listen to is just an unpacking of that and how some of the pitfalls can take place like violence and addiction and you know over um, stimulation through gaming etc how those things can capture our boys and girls obviously yet um, boys in particular just due to the condi social conditioning and advertising etc and maybe even their biochemistry and um, but how with rites of passage, um, these, and I don't want to use the word pitfalls, these, um, I guess interruptions <laughs> to their true expression can take place and how to direct our boys into a new, um, horizon of their self-discovery through, like I said, rites of passage, mentorship, eldership, stewardship, and leadership from who? Us. From us. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Mm -hmm. 
Welcome to the Family Health Revolution podcast with Coach Carla Atherton, where she discovers, uncovers, explores, and reveals the secrets to true family health and wellness. I spent a whole bunch of time actually over the last couple of days looking through old pictures and videos. And it's so crazy how things just come together. I don't even know if the word's crazy. Um, It's more like the web of life, of our lives, of our existence um, is there. But through our experience and awareness of that experience, we find where all those threads are that connect each part of the web. So let me explain what I mean (laughs) by that. So I was looking through these videos and photos, and some were fun, some were, you know, made me feel nostalgic, some made me miss people. Um, Most of them, though, really brought a sense of joy. And the reason for that is that I used to set my kids loose with a video camera. Like literally, I it's fine. It was worth, you know, several hundred dollars. And um, there was a potential that it get, might get broken. But those kids needed to explore their world. And them recording it was great fun for them. You know, they were able to make films and videos and just sometimes just video something and leave it as it was, you know, like not make a movie out of it or anything. Just have fun with their play and um, making things up and creating something and then also just putting on record part of their lives. And um, there is something really beautiful about that. But that's another topic for another time. What I want to talk about today is actually the subject or topic of one of those or actually a series of three of those videos. I think that My son recorded them, and I think he was about 13 years old. And the reason why I mention webs and places where, you know, you can pull on these strings and find where things connect in your life, it's because I've been working on a series, I suppose, of musings or coaching sessions that relate to this whole idea of passing on tradition and being the elders and the mentors in our children's lives and how very important that is. And part of, well, a few of the people that have been talking about this in my awareness and in my space over the last, well, I'd say year, but I I mean, I've been thinking about this much longer than that. But you know, when you, you listen to something or you hear someone say something in a way that puts it just all together, like that's what I've been thinking. And I didn't put it that way before, but now it's just like solidified into a knowing, like in, into um, not an intellectualizing, but like a heart knowing, like a, an instinctual yes, you know? So anyway, this series of videos, okay, so I'm going to, I'm connecting this stuff for you. Don't worry, I'm going to connect it. <laughs> so the series of videos of my son, he's 13, and he used to want to have a YouTube video that was... Um, like where he would go through all these wilderness things, like how to build this shelter in the wild or the, the, uh, in the bush and, you know, throwing knives that were the best throwing knives. And he was kind of like getting into bears, bear grills or bear, bear grills, grills, I think his name was. (laughs) 
everybody here probably knew except for me. Um, but we were always watching nature videos and we were always like, you know, being, um, you know, exposed to things like the BBC productions and all the underwater and the deep, deep woods and, you know, the earth ecology and the planet and stars and the cosmos and archaeology and anthropology and all that stuff. So we had a really good time <laughs> as my kids grew up, just exploring all those things and by way of videos, books and music and stories. Um, and I'd read to them and we would raid the library regularly and uh, bring home VHS cassettes, okay? So this was, it was a while ago, but it's still in my children's lifetime. And um, so I came across these home videos of him in the bush and he's talking about how he built this lean-to and funny thing we had just been through there with a friend of his um, showing her where he'd built this like days before I came across these videos and I wasn't looking for these videos I was actually looking for something else for a family member a different family member and ended up spending eight hours going through all of this this library of experience and memories. And so when I was going through this, I was looking at this, these videos and thinking, man, how, I don't, I don't want to use the word adorable. It might be, it might sound patronizing, but okay. I mean, just, I was, my heart was just glowing with um, joy, listening to this boy wanting to share his experience out in the wilderness with people and wanting to, um, just share bits of his life and nature and how nature affected him. So I remember like right after these videos were taken and we were just talking about this story the other day, how he had built this lean-to and this place to lie down in the, and, and sit in front of the, lie in front of the fire. And I, he was gone all day and into the night. It was dark. Okay. So I, I go looking in the bush and I knew, you know, generally speaking where he was. We live on an acreage and we have 40 acres. And some of it's just, you know, where the house is. There's some space around it for, you know, flat space with sparse trees. And then right beside us is like, a forest, right? And he's in there alone. And I'm thinking, well, hope he's not creeped out. He's not that old. But I trust in nature and I trust in my son and his instincts and his ability to keep himself safe. And he needed to do this for some reason for his soul. And I knew that. And I didn't actually put the pieces together until you know, until, well, I did as the years went by. So then I would seek out things for him um, that would give him that same experience. So he went to a camp one year and they hiked like miles and miles and miles every day. And, you know, they, when I picked him up, it was literally like he was a wild animal, but not in a bad way. There's, I guess, well, there's actually no such thing as a bad wild animal. Um, but in a very empowered, free way, I, I'd never seen, I, I mean, I'd, all, I'd seen him free before and then become not as free. And then it, all of that just blew up again into freedom at this camp, which was, I think, probably two, uh, two years later. 
and um, barefoot, you know, like it was just beautiful. I was just like, it was, it's one of my favorite memories. Okay. One of my favorite memories is, is just rolling up there and picking him up after that rite of passage. And that's the, that's the phrase. That's the term I'm going to put on it from now on. He was going through rites of passage with different mentors. And I really felt I wanted to give him more and more of those experiences. And we didn't have as many as I'd wanted to, uh, because there was one place I wanted to send him to, but they weren't doing stuff with youth. It was all mostly adults. And I had interviewed his, um, Cliff Hodgins actually about his camp and stuff, um, for my children's health summit. And I wanted my son to go be mentored by people who were doing those things, like painting their face with mud and, you know, just getting into the into nature and feeling the power of nature as well as their own like pushing their own limits you know because there's something it's not even something to be said that's such a benign bland way to put it but there is such power in the facing of the elements of facing death even facing injury facing potential danger and seeing what you're made of And I think that every child, boy or girl, needs to experience that. And I think with ancient tribes or even tribal cultures, uh, modern, you know, in today's world, I mean, a lot of people exist in this that do these things still and keep those traditions and rites of passages alive for their youth, their children, their youth, they're young adults, uh, they're pe- the people becoming parents, um, you know, people transitioning into eldership, well, mentorship, eldership, and then into death, all of those parts of life, all of those threshold moments, all of those significant um, markings of an evolution, of a movement through an existence in this one body, they must be celebrated. They must be highlighted. They must have um, an element of reverence and reflection and of making sense of what we all go through in each one of those phases and more. So for our children to have that, to have tested themselves, to have been able to push to the brink, to have been alone in the bushes at 13 years old with no parents, And in front of a fire that was warming you, that you built with your own hands, right? Um, Those things turn you into adolescents, into women, men, into parents, into mentors, into elders. Um, And they're they're not just bestowed on anyone. I mean, Michael Mead talks about many of us becoming olders, but not elders, And that's all a cultural, um, I suppose, deficiency that is not allowing us to see the very power of mentorship and leadership and guidance and, you know, really coming into our own sense of wisdom through observing and being aware of our, and celebrating and being aware of our experiences. And Sometimes there's ritual, sometimes there's ceremony, sometimes there's just a a word or two exchanged between a parent and a child saying, wow, 
you've crossed this threshold, congratulations. Or, hey, you know, I feel that you need something to pull you from whatever you've grown out of, out of this container that you're growing out of. And to be able to open up those containers for our children is is so important where a lot of us parents are wanting to con- contain our children and keep them within those containers because it's safe. But there is a safety and a, and even more importantly, a sense of safety because if we feel safe, we our bodies will respond in kind and we're able to respond to whatever we have come up in life rather than react to it as if we don't know what to do and we're afraid and we're fearful and we're hiding and we're wanting to, you know, be behind the the skirts of our mothers. Um, I'm not saying that mothers and fathers can't be safe places, yet it's almost like a Montessori classroom where the classroom is open and we have provided some kind of context to it. And so there is all kinds of room, all, all the freedom to explore that world, yet with a touchstone of a parent or a guardian or a guide or a coach or an elder or a, a, you know, a mentor, um, a touchstone to anchor you into that, I suppose, I guess the word still could be safety, um, but into a knowing that you, that, that this experience is necessary, exciting, something to lean into and not to fear. So when we do that, we know our children start to understand their superpowers and they look less to the false, the pseudo um, superpowers, the pseudo love, the pseudo joy, the pseudo masculinity, the pseudo femininity, the pseudo um, pure, you know, leader or <laughs> cool kid, the pseudo um, ecstasy, whatever, all of those things that they are seeking in life, like which is invigoration and vitality and, and real joy and feeling, you know, that you've grown into your adulthood, um, at, you know, in a way that has, that you've earned it, Right. Um, so they look less to those pseudo, uh, replacements and those pseudo replacements are, you know, things that are, I don't know, everything, every sort of social, I suppose, dis-ease that you might see and personal dis-ease. Um, they're the, those are the, like the sources of those. So we're going to, they're looking to maybe gangs, Um, to replace the family, uh, to feel like they belong, to test their limits or to test how tough they are in the world because there's no other rite of passage to say, yes, you are. You are all of that and more. Um, We see violence. We see miscommunication. We see addiction. We see gaming. We see... um, this high that you get when you're doing all of those things, right? The dopamine hit, um, even like the music that's being played during these 
activities or the images that people see, they're addicting and they're very stressful sometimes because they're designed to get to switch over that brainwave pattern and the biochemistry to elevate in a way that is feels like joy <laughs> and it feels like ecstasy and it feels like strength and power and wonder and and adventure but it's not real. It's not the real deal in the flesh. Okay, let's just put it that way. I don't want to say mental experiences are not real because I actually don't believe that. I think everything is real that we experience, but I mean in the flesh and in a way that doesn't become addictive or unhealthy because sometimes they are highly unhealthy and take over every thought, every act. Um, You know, you'll even see children who are addicted to gaming, for instance, and you can't take away the game console or they will freak out, throw things, have tantrums, become violent. Why is that? And that's another topic that I'm going to get into in a longer um, webinar that I'm going to um, present for parents in this longer series. But I just wanted to touch on that about these really important rites of passages. Um, In particular, I'm talking about boys. And I'm going to do another podcast on the heels of this about girls. And I don't want to gender, you know, and leave out any sort of any gender that is not one of those two seemingly polar opposites, which are not. But what I'm doing is wanting to present both the boys and the girls because um, we have these social and cultural constructs of what it is to be a boy and what it is to be a girl and what it is to be a man and what it is to be a woman. But just for the record, I know that it's a continuum. I understand this as a continuum. But we're going to stick with these for now and you can place yourself or your children on any part of that continuum. So what happens with the pseudo replacements of actual you know, rites of passage, actual experience in the flesh, actually going out and doing the adventure yourself rather than watching someone, you know, rock climb on TV. Um, You know, when you do this replacement, there's this sense of hollowness where the experience is without a soul. I mean, that actually also goes for sexuality and for, you know, a tendency for some young people and actually, well, people of all ages to move toward pornography rather than um, erotic and sexual expression. So that's another podcast for another time. Um, so what we, what we must do, what I see is the answer to this and what I feel like I was trying to give my son throughout his life and I hope that we, my husband and I, hope that we succeeded to some degree And I feel like we do because, you know, he's a glorious man. Um, Throughout his teenhood was to keep trying to pull him out of what had been happening all those years and still right now that is a massive cultural and historical phenomenon right now of the inundation of the digital age, the inundation of of digital technology and of social media, and of gaming, and um, all of the the um, 
issues and repercussions and even, you know, some really great things coming out of it. But that's another thing to unpack. But having, you know, a son being um, a teenager at the time when everybody was just starting to get phones, everyone was just starting to get YouTube, everyone was just starting to get onto social media. Now it's just exploded. So I hope that we did this, you know, but to guide him through and guide our children through the rites of passages and that we allow our children to have tests, right? Like we don't, you know, shelter or fawn over them or not allow them to try to take flight out of the nest because this is our purpose as parents is to bring wisdom to the youth and the and the purpose of our youth is to bring youth and adventure and innovation to the older people <laughs> right to the mentors and elders i'm going to place myself in the el- the mentor group not yet not i'm not yet an elder um and not only because i'm not old enough to be one but also because i'm not wise enough to be an elder yet <laughs> so um so these rites of passages they so they they test them they show them what they can do and it shows them what death looks like And so they become more resilient. They get stronger. They are less fearful because they've seen it. They they know what it's about and that they can manage through it. They can move through it. They can transmute it. They have power in their experience. And they've they've felt that either through a, a touchdown, playing football, or a night spent out in the wilderness by themselves. They felt it in a celebration when they turned... 13, you know, or maybe bar mitzvah. They felt it through a birthday party where everyone focused on the details about that one person. They felt it in their birth song that was written for them and sung after they were born or even while they were being born. They felt that and they, they felt it when um, they attended a a celebration of life for a loved one or when someone had been sick and they were there with the rest of the family rather than shuttled off with the other kids they were they experienced it through um travel and experiencing other cultures and going to visit with auntie or uncle or grandma or grandpa without their parents in attendance they experienced it with good healthy, attentive, inspiring coaches. They experience it through other exper- other relationships with people that meant something to them or they found along the way or that their parents stepped aside and said, hey, they've got something to teach you that I don't know as much about. So their experiences allow them to be stronger and to test and push their primal humanness, their primal humanness, because this is what drives us all. It it is what drives us all. It is our default to want to live our lives without fear, live our lives with freedom and live our lives knowing or, or actually with every step, learning more and more about our own human potential and being more conscious to the divine in us all and the divine in our world. 
So they no longer look to pseudo-masculinity to toxic, what some people call toxic masculinity. I don't want to use that as a buzzword, but I just want to say that for me, that that title or that phrase or terminology just means that the fake, the pseudo, the gotta be strong, gotta never have emotions, never cry. I mean, if you have ever seen a ceremony like I'm talking about, or if you've ever seen anybody triumph or really do something that they push themselves to do and it made them better, they, they, they moved through a trauma or, I mean, I've seen a lot of this and I'm sure you have too. And the real true expression of it and the real true, um, feeling or experience of it is only had in that emotional body where you have nothing to do but laugh, to holler, to yell, to cry, uh, to hoot, holler, you know, to express that. And that doesn't fit in pseudo-masculinity. It doesn't fit in what the film called The Mask You Live In. It doesn't fit in that mask. And so we need to do away, we must do away with the male, you know, the male stereotype, the masculine stereotype, and understand that there's strength in all of it, not only in the muscle and the physical body, but in the flexibility and the small physical body, Um, also in the mind and in the emotional body and the, and the ability to have the strength and courage to look at every single, I guess, right, every single threshold in, in life and be able to move through it, feeling it all. Okay, so I think that's all I really want to say about that. I'm going to talk a little bit about our girls in another podcast episode. And again, I don't want to offend anybody um, by saying boys, girls, and not addressing genders in between. But like I said, just I think that a lot of these topics and things I've been talking about in this particular podcast, in this episode, is relevant to both boys, girls, and, um, and everybody who doesn't actually identify with a specific gender. Um. I think that a lot of this applies to everyone. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that podcast and this coaching session. And I will see you next time. Make sure that you get on my Patreon membership because I release full episodes of these topics with sometimes with slides, sometimes with videos, sometimes as a teaching tool or something you can take away from you know, with suggestions and, and uh, things that you can do at home to integrate some of these experiences into your life. I also have live things that I post up there. It's all my work in one place. So look at the show notes for all of that. And um, also I have Instagram, Coach Carla Atherton. And I did have one HFF underscore revolution, but I'm actually trying to move everybody over to Coach Carla Atherton. And have a look at my website. Um, And that's all in the show notes. But I really hope that you enjoyed this session. And I'm going to keep talking about rites of passage and how we as parents can really pull our children and ourselves out of the pop culture trance 
and into the state of true culture in the way that we really are naturally built to experience. So keep listening. This podcast is sponsored by the Healthy Family Formula, which essentially means that we share our information for free. For more support, community, audio coaching, full episodes, bi-monthly live Q&A, discounts on our group coaching programs, and more, become a patron of my work at www.patreon.com slash Carla Atherton. For more information about anything related to family health, do pick up my book, Family Health Revolution, and check out our newsletter, blog, individual and group coaching programs, and practitioner training program at Healthy Family Formula and CarlaAthertonInspired.com. Find us on Instagram at Coach Carla Atherton and on Clubhouse at Empowered Family. Please note that Family Health Revolution podcast is not a source for diagnosis or medical treatment, but is the opinion of the host. This podcast is intended to empower people with information so they can make the best health decisions for themselves. It is up to each person to listen to their inner wisdom, consider the information they deem to be accurate and applicable to their individual situation, and consult with their trusted healthcare providers if they so choose when making any decisions regarding their own health or the health of their loved ones. Each person's health is their own responsibility. (laughs) 